Last summer, author J.K. Rowling tweeted some opinions that were, understandably, received as transphobic. The backlash was immediate and substantial on social media, with even celebrities, often the victims of cancel culture themselves, joining the voices of condemnation. One writer called it the anatomy of a scandal. Rowling tried to defend herself, but the condemnation kept coming. Eventually, Harper's Magazine published a letter in which 150 writers and scholars defended Rowling by articulating support for the free exchange of information and ideas. Social media backlash then turned on those who signed the letter in support, forcing two of them to ask for their names to be removed. It's just too soon to measure the impacts to the Harry Potter franchise, but most marketing commentators have noted the momentum of Potter is gone. Cancel culture may be a newer term, but the concept isn't. Mob mentality has been around probably from the same time Homo sapiens began communicating. The Salem witch trials in the 17th century are a perfect example of tragedy from mob wrath. But cancel culture is more complicated. On the one hand, we're right not to tolerate those who aren't tolerant. On the other hand, isn't that just intolerance? Today on Stories and Strategies, is cancel culture a product of a woke movement or a toxic trend of the wokerati making us want to reach for our invisibility cloaks? My name is Doug Downs, music off the top, Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter, composed by John Williams. It's great to be back. Season two, first episode of season two here in January. My guest today is Alex Malouf. Hi, Alex. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And here we are in January. Uh, you're joining us today from Abu Dhabi, the capital of the United Arab Emirates. I almost shudder to ask how warm it is where yeah, yeah. you are. 36. So it's, it's getting chilly. Oh, man. <laughs> Alex, you are a member of the SIM, the Chartered Institute of Marketing, CIPR, the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, and IEBC, the International Association of Business Communicators. With the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, you are a chartered communicator. With the Chartered Institute of Marketing, you are a chartered marketer. And with IEBC, you are a strategic communications management professional. You have your SCMP. All three of these very high orders. You also have a diploma in change management and communication from the Public Relations and Communications Association, or PRCA. Alex, you have a master's degree with merit from the Durham Business School in the UK, and you're studying a postgraduate certificate in sustainable business from the University of Cambridge. As well, you have two decades experience in media, marketing, public relations, and sustainability, and currently you are the corporate communications director for the Middle East and Africa region at Schneider Electric. It is great to have you here today from Abu Dhabi. Alex, if I express a hateful opinion, or I incite others to transphobia, homophobia, racism, misogyny, violence, don't I deserve to be cancelled? 
you probably would be cancelled these days. Um, yeah, let's talk about cancel culture. Look, cancel culture and I think the, the phenomenon um, which has been born out of, of social media is, is something that should really fascinate us as communicators. Um, you know, what we do in essence is try and get people to talk and we want them to talk with each other. Um, the big issue today online is that people don't talk with each other. They just simply shout at each other and they, they try and cancel each other out. And this is something we've really got to look at. You know, how do we, how do we tackle cancel culture um, as an industry? You know, how do, we, how do we get people engaged with each other um, in organizations and also as well outside of organizations on, on big issues, on, on things like, for example, sustainability, um, on on civic duty, on, on human rights. And, you know, these are really big topics. The, the issue is today, we, we're not having dialogue like we used to. And people, you know, people sat down together, people listened, um, and they did it respectfully. It, it's, it's a different, different environment today. Yeah. Now, once upon a time, we had rhetoric coming out of the Greek culture. We, we, we could have debate, um, and it was somewhat logical debate. Um, to be a victim of cancel culture. You don't actually have to be canceled. It can, it can just be backlash that you receive to seemingly small things, which I know you've seen firsthand as well. You know, you can look, it can be something as simple as, as putting out an opinion which is not popular, which is not common. Um, it, you know, it, it doesn't need to be something as as beyond the pale as, as you know, what you initially mentioned. But, you know, it could be anything which goes against the grain, um, and it's it's you know it's it's potentially very damaging because it leads us all to self censor. You know, are we saying what we're saying because of what we believe, or are we saying what we are saying because of what people want to hear from us? Um, and that that's the big question. That is fascinating. Back in November in season one, I did an interview with a, a psychologist around the U.S. election trying to understand the incredible divide that exists, um, not just in American politics, but it's seemingly um, in the United States. And he put forward social identity theory as one of the root causes, the basic human need to fit within a society. And through evolution, if you look back at ancient tribes, you had to fit within the tribe or you would be expelled. And those who were expelled, they died. Yeah, and, and that tribe today is a social media tribe because um, everybody's on social media. Everybody has some sort of digital presence. Um, and, and that extends you know, to, to employees as well now. Um, it's fascinating to see increasingly how workplaces in certain industries are becoming politicized um, and you know if you if you again have a different opinion you know you can be seen to be sort of part of one group which is not the mainstream group and I think this has you know, implications for what we do um, in terms of bringing people together and it has also implications for getting people to engage in dialogue and and talk with each other and, and learn about one another um, without, uh, without negative sentiment, without um, 
you know, pushing them apart. We really want to try and bring people together. There's always going to be differences in, in terms of you know, who we are and in terms of what we think and, and why we think that. Um, but the fact that we can't try and, or the fact that we try and we need to try, sorry, even more to bring people together really drives me to think, okay, you know, how do we, how do we engage the side? Are we, for example, um, are we listening to the other side? Are we listening to opinions which we may not agree with? Um, and it, you know, it is difficult. You know, sometimes I read stuff and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, how could anybody say that? How could anybody write that? But it's forcing yourself to, to break out of, you know, what we call the bubbles, the social media bubbles, and try and understand another perspective. And that really will help us drive um, not, not the diversity element, because we already have that, but the inclusion piece which really is a fabric of, of organizations and of society as well. Can you think of a time we were more willing to have good debate, um, to actually sit down and talk about some of the things that, that people disagree on, things uh, like same-sex marriage, multiculturalism, uh, religion, politics, the, you know, the things we're never supposed to talk about at the family dinner table, even favorite sports teams. Can you think of a a time in history where we actually did have good civil discourse around some of these more sensitive value-based things? Maybe it's nostalgia, but I do think looking back at the 80s and 90s, there was more respect in terms of of debate. Um, You know, there, there was more... I think mutual recognition um, of of opposing sides, and I really do miss that, <laughs> especially after after what's happened in the you know in uh, in terms of not just in, look not just in the U.S. with with politics, but you know you look at what's happened in politics in Europe. You look at places like Australia. There really has been a polarization over the past, you know, I'd say at least ten years. Um, and it's interesting, you know, because you look at who's being driven by. People have pointed their fingers at the media and said, you know, you've got sort of extreme media, you've got you know, these sites coming up. But I think, really, for me, it has been that um, that social media culture. You know, it's the, sort of the, the desktop warriors, people at keyboards, people just like blasting out without counting to ten, and without asking any questions about the the other side. You know, I. I keep I keep seeing it myself. You know, trying to have a discussion on social media is, you know, is setting yourself up for for failure. It is very rare, unfortunately, for two people contrasting opinions to come together, and and just listen, and just hear each other out. And and you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean you're going to change the other person's opinion, but it does mean that you will leave that discussion um, with more respect for the person that you've been talking with. The Netflix series Black Mirror did a remarkable episode focused on cancel culture. Now, we want to play you a scene um, from season three, episode six. Uh, I know you've seen this one, Alex. Uh, the episode Hated in the Nation. No spoilers here. Don't worry if you haven't seen it. The plot involves a computer hacker who has launched a social media campaign using the hashtag Death2. Each day, Whichever person on social media channels has been tagged the most with that hashtag 
is mysteriously killed. Once the news media catches on to this, well, that's a story to follow. It's 7.15. Three deaths have now been linked to a hashtag circulating on social media. Controversial journalist Joe Powell. Good morning. Have you posted the hashtag? Is it real or an urban myth? Well, thousands have been taking part, but how culpable are they? People are dying, and we want to hear your thoughts. Line 7, computer game. This is real. This is happening. I urge you. Instances of, of things playing out and of um, you know of random stories which would mirror you know the the series, but you know we, we are seeing it. We are seeing um, celebrities um, who are being called out. We're seeing politicians who are being called out as well. We're seeing you know, even individuals who are who are being called out. Um, you know, for whatever you think about it, it's it is remarkable how quickly you know. Somebody can have their not even fifteen minutes of fame anymore. It's it's literally five minutes of infamy, where they can go from, you know, being targeted to becoming uh, a mem, um, which then people will use over and over again. And um, you know, we we were all very very quick, to to jump to some sort of judgment, um, and and play the judge and jury. Um, and again, it's, you know, as, as a communicator, I'm thinking, how do we try and slow down the cycle? How do we, how do we try and get people to, to not jump in? How do we get them to think about what has happened, you know, to read uh, the story, um, hear out the facts, look at the, um, the different sides as well, um, and just, just, just try and empathize, um, if possible. Look, it, it's... Sometimes it is incredibly difficult to do. Um, you, know, you look at all of the, for example, the, the racism uh, that you find online. There are some things that, for me, really are beyond the, the pale. But I, I don't think that's the case with everything. And I do think that people do need to, to slow down and, and, and not be as judgmental and, and not jump in and not cast aspersions, which... Um, you know, which will which will impact the lives of others for, for possibly a long time. Because when it's online, when it's on, on digital, that's it. It's there. There's no going back. You're right. And, and this goes beyond social media and, and memes. Um, cancel culture 
it goes beyond hashtags and things like that. We've seen statues that have been torn down or boarded up around the world. Sir Winston Churchill, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela in the UK, Voltaire in Paris, Ulysses S. Grant and African-American Frederick Douglass in the United States. Here in Canada, a statue to Sir John A. Macdonald. In Australia, there are concerns about the James Cook Discovery statue. In New Zealand, the statue of John Hamilton was removed. We can't keep statues at the same time of historical villains. I'm somewhat torn by this. What I'm very happy to see is this this pivot towards um, long-form journalism. Um, the fact that people seem to be reading more again, which I think for, for us is a good thing. It's very easy to go online and see a tweet or see a post which could be, and you know, because of the algorithms, I think this this is you know, something which we've got to look at as well. A lot of it is pushed by algorithms. You know, it's a short form content which gets pushed out pushed out the most. You know, it's the, the video which is thirty seconds. It's a TikTok which is you know forty five fifty seconds. But actually taking the time to sit down and and read and read read content. You know, read an opinion, um, read a story from somebody who is an expert who does know. Um, the facts and who can put it into a context which again I think is very important for us to think about what is the the context um, I do think that that's going to help in terms of trying to reset um, how quickly we do make a judgment online it, it's not the the full solution because look, I'm not expecting you know, 10 million people to to go and read a you know a 20 minute um, story on New York and that's just simply not going to happen. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's look, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and you know, if it's late at night and you, your eyes are, you know, get it going red and they they're tired. Yeah, you just you're just not going to read twenty minutes. But I do think that um, journalism, good journalism especially, is a huge help to for for us just to understand what is really going on. Yeah, brilliant. Last point. There are voices that don't like the term cancel culture. New York Times columnist Charles Blow has said, there is no such thing as cancel culture. There is free speech. And no, there are not limitations on free speech. You know, I, I am very much an advocate for freedom of speech. I, I, I believe that freedom of speech is the cornerstone of, of a healthy society, um, of a society which can look inwards and, and address its issues. I think the, the challenge we have is that some cultures are very much based on that notion of free speech and other cultures aren't. Um, you know, maybe there's a more subtle way of putting it, but I just want to get it in directly. And as communicators, we've got to understand those various cultural aspects. We've got to understand, you know, when, when people are trying to get a message across, um, maybe in a way that, that is not uh, immediately apparent or understandable. And, you know, we, we have to try and filter um, when when it's needed. Um, but it's, again, free speech, this whole issue of free speech, of 
you know, how, how far is too far? Um, I think, you know, we're going to have been having this debate for a long time. Well, if more one-to-one conversation is the answer, I think maybe podcasts are going to save the world. <laughs> Alex, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being with you. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Alex Malouf, you can email him at alexgmalouf at gmail.com. We've got that in the show notes for you as well. You can also follow Alex on Twitter. It's worth it. At Alex underscore Malouf. M-A-L-O-U-F. If you liked what you heard today, we're hoping you choose to subscribe to Stories and Strategies and receive updated episodes automatically. We're also hoping you choose to follow and rate this podcast on any directory. And would you do us a favor, recommend this podcast to one friend. If you have an idea for an episode or you just want to tell us something, send us an email at info at jgrcommunications.com. Thanks for listening.